0: This is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live at KUCI.org. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf, my Vannin and Sui Leit. Coming up in just a few moments, what would Arwen do? KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live on the internet at KUCI.org. I am Tani Tanuvia, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and welcome to What Would Arwen Do on every other Friday from 4 to 5 p.m. on Alternating Weeks with Phenomenal Women. And that lovely music that you are still hearing is from... The Academy Award winning music of Howard Shore, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. And in case you are just tuning in and have not, uh, are not familiar with what this show is about, this is the show where we ask, I ask, if a Middle Earth elf lived today in Orange County, what might her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth? Its beauty, resources, and creatures. These are all things that, if you are familiar with elves, that they are concerned about. Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? Well, that's a very good question. Although, I like to ask, what would Arwen do? And in case you're not familiar with who Arwen was, she was an elf princess. The daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen was also a beloved daughter of the universe, as are, in my opinion, all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth or in Elvish Arda. I believe that Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige, that with great privilege comes responsibility. And I think we see this in uh, the films and in the books of J.R.R. Tolkien when it comes to the elves. They celebrated their own communities and um, their own arts and music. But when the time came, they joined forces to fight against the powers of darkness. And they also, the rangers, pretty much patrolled the Shire for many, many years without the hobbits ever even realizing they were there doing that, protecting their lands. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durius wrote, in his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. And I believe that this elven quality exists every in every living person and yearns for expression through gifts of creativity, nobility, and service to others. So hopefully, by tuning in, if you have forgotten your creative gift or believe that you don't have one, perhaps you might think think about that again, <laughs> because maybe if you don't think you're very creative, maybe you're, maybe you're wonderful at making a beautiful lunch or creating a lovely home or putting together, um, keeping the schedule and keeping everybody on track in your household. Uh, Maybe you play a musical instrument or maybe you like finger painting with with, uh, your nieces and nephews. We all have that creative spark in us because I believe we are all made in the image of God. And I'm very excited because we now, I now have a co-host, Milo Lomestown. Hi, Milo.
1: Oh my gosh, Tani. It's been so much fun this last year. It's one year ago today, basically, one year ago this week that you invited me to be your co-host, and it's just been a tremendous, wonderful time.
0: It's our our anniversary week, and we see in the Lord of the Rings, hobbits and elves enjoying each other's company.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, as we do every other week here on What Would Arwen Do? Available at KUCI 88.9 FM for the local area here at the University of California at Irvine, as well as KUCI.org live streaming 24 by 7 on the internet or our podcast, KUCITalk.org, or you could also download us to your little iPod device or iPhone or whatever that magical thing is. By searching in the iTunes Store for Arwen, A R W E N, and you'll see us next to a logo for the KUCI radio station.
0: My goodness, we're everywhere.
1: <laughs> we're everywhere,
0: and having fun,
1: and having fun.
0: And today we're just going to have kind of a kind of a casual summary uh, day here at KUCI. Talk about some local films and some themes from Middle Earth, and. Um, I I love just that we have the opportunity perhaps to just take people away out of their busy afternoon. If you're sitting in traffic, maybe you can get uh, transport. You obviously want to stay focused on <laughs> driving, but take a little break and bring Middle Earth along with you. And before we get too far into our show, we definitely want to say hello to our friends, but we also want to just remind our listeners that the views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the elf host and her Hobbit (laughs) co-host and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of UCI, KCI, or the UC Board of Regents.
1: That's absolutely right, although it should, but it does not necessarily (laughs) represent their views.
0: It, It does not necessarily. And this week, we have some real fun things going on. We've got Hobbit... Uh, Movie news that um, I am anxiously waiting to find out. I am so happy to have someone uh, on board here who knows how to uh, stay up with these things because we elves tend to get rather distracted by walking in starlight and talking to trees and uh, laying out underneath trees, strumming our minstrel in our our, uh, little instruments and so um it's good to to have someone who is staying up on what's going on so do you have news for us
1: oh my gosh there's so much to talk about but let's let's start with some news on the hobbit mm. as you know mm-hmm. the casting has not been announced yet because yes. there's this big movie studio called MGM <laughs> and they went through a problem called 4 billion dollars in debt That's, ah. Billion with a B. Yes. And Tani, you elf princess, you may not know, but that's a large number.
0: It's a lot more, um, not as many as the stars in the sky, but still a large number.
1: It's still a large number. Now, when we last talked two weeks ago on this very program, there was an impending decision by the debtors Mm. uh, and the creditors as to what to do about the situation. Right. And what the creditors decide to do is give yet another extension to MGM,
0: We weren't going to be too happy about that, were we?
1: No, because as long as there's no resolution to MGM, there's no final resolution to The Hobbit, especially the signing of the cast.
0: Mm.
1: Now, people like Sir Ian McKellen has actually engineered this into their schedule. He's touring New Zealand and... New South Wales and all sorts of Australia things with a play. He's a very great stage actor as well as a movie actor. And he's doing The Seagull by Anton Chekhov. Mm -hmm. But basically, the rules of making movies these days, Tani, is that the rules are that you have to have an actual green light from the studio before you can sign actors and actresses. Mm So the good news is Warner Brothers has committed to their exhibitors that they are going to have a movie by December of 2012. Okay. The less excellent news is that we don't yet have a resolution, and we will not have a resolution until the end of the sixth extension of grace period. The sixth grace period will expire September 15th. So after that date, I will have more news about the MGM bankruptcy.
0: So not quite two months away. Right, and and it would seem to me that they will be soon begin to get motivated to resolve this because they actually have to have time to find the cast and then shoot the movie. <laughs> yes,
1: and this isn't the only film being held up. There are other fantastic films mm. such as the RoboCop remake by Darren Aronofsky, Ooh. which is being held up, mm. and the next James Bond movie. So Daniel Craig is off doing other projects. Mm. Uh, as well as, of course, The Hobbit is also in limbo. So we are in limbo. Meanwhile...
0: Elves are okay with being in limbo.
1: A couple of interesting things have, have come out. Mm-hmm. As you know, Comic-Con 2010 recently concluded in San Diego. And in there, there was lots of buzz. So you can go to the net and read about this. But they had an article about... Doctor Who being Bilbo Baggins. Well, you know this. We had talked about mm. the possibility that David Tennant would be Bilbo Baggins.
0: Now, that was the guy that plays Doctor Who, Doctor who in the that series. TV series yes, that started in
1: 2005, series. right?
0: He's very thin, though.
1: Right, and that's a problem. And so <laughs> oh. here is the latest rumor that's being floated that was swirling around Comic-Con this year mm. was that the original Doctor Who, Sylvester McCoy, mm. who looks... Very much. I am showing the Elf Princess a picture of McCoy, oh. and he looks very much like Ian Holm, who was our original Bilbo.
0: He could look like an uh, yeah, he could pass for a younger uh, Ian Holm.
1: He absolutely can pass as a young Ian Holm. So, the historical Doctor Who, who appeared in the British TV series in the late '60s, mm-hmm. could be Bilbo Baggins. It's, wow. it's, it's an amazing possibility.
0: Uh, are there films uh, that you're familiar with of his?
1: Unfortunately not. I mean, basically, mm-hmm. he has spent most of his time in, in minor films, nothing I would really want to mention. Hmm. Both he and David Tennant have received awards for their acting in Doctor Who. Hmm. They, are, they have a completely different interpretation of the role. But I will say this.
0: You think uh, it would be a good choice?
1: I think that Sylvester McCoy McCoy, uh, would be a good choice. Of course, my favorite is James McAvoy, Mm -hmm. who played the Fawn in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe film and also was brilliant in the film Wanted with Angelina Jolie. Mm -hmm. He is just a great actor. He doesn't look much like Ian Holm, but he is a young, vital actor. Uh, One of the difficulties with Sylvester McCoy... As he starred in the original Doctor Who series, as he's like sixty-six years old, mm. which is admittedly that's about the age that Bilbo was. However, Hobbit right. lifetimes <laughs> and human lifetimes are somewhat different, so right. that's a challenge. But there were there were so that's the main news about um, the casting. There's another thing to mention, which was that Guillermo del Toro, although he is out. Uh, has said that he expects Peter Jackson will direct The Hobbit movies, which is good news. That's good news. And Peter Jackson was actually in Los Angeles a week and a half ago talking to actors in L.A. about possible roles in The The Hobbit, parts one and two. Now,
0: Now, my understanding, and I believe that you have made announcement about this previously, that the script is... Completed, correct?
1: The script...
0: So that means that the cast of characters is 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 full, right? Because I, I think there's a... Isn't there a new and elf character that's not technically in the book?
1: That's right. There's a new elf character. The name escapes me, but there is a new elf character. And yes, both part one and part two, the final scripts from Fran Walsh, Peter Jackson, and Guillermo del Toro, because all mm-hmm. three of them worked on the script... ...have been submitted to MGM Brass. Unfortunately, MGM has other things to worry about right now. <laughs> right. So it's stuck in limbo. But yes, the, but lucky the script for us, is completed.
0: We don't have things to worry about. We just have things to celebrate as we get closer to uh, seeing our, another one of our beloved J.R.R. Tolkien stories come to the cinema.
1: One thing else that needs to be mentioned from Comic-Con, and again, this is from mm-hmm. the theonering.net...
0: Maybe we should think about taking a field trip to Comic Con next year.
1: Maybe next year we should go to Comic Con. Wouldn't that be fun? We could have a we could have a Elf and Hobbit trip report from Comic Con.
0: Absolutely!
1: Wow. In any case, uh, they point out that Liv Tyler is still taking on genre films and is still beautiful. Of course, she not beautiful. fabulous as Arwen. Oh she my has gosh. that
0: immortal beauty as an elf.
1: <gasps> uh, one thing that was. Um, promised is that there would be more rumors in later <laughs> posts. So our audience may want to log on to the OneRing.net and follow that as they promised, you know, after yesterday, mm-hmm. there would be more and more things coming out. But here's an interesting thing. There were 450 people at the one panel at Comic-Con, 450 people attended and 450, that is, all of them were against the Hobbit being in 3D. Oh. They don't want The Hobbit in 3D. Hmm. Now, why and do
0: you think that is?
1: I think it's because they've seen too much poor 3D this summer. And oh. what they need to realize is if Peter Jackson does it, and the geniuses at Weta, who, let us remember, won an Academy Award for right. Pandora, right? The wonderful mm-hmm. world created by James Cameron. Right. Uh I mean, basically, they should not have to worry about 3D. I think that that is probably going to uh, draw a lot more more folks. Another thing that was rumored is the studio (laughs) executives feel confident that The Hobbit will be made and actually be delivered by December 2012. And actually, when you think about it, there is enough headway, right? I mean, if they do resolve the thing on September 15th, Mm -hmm. on September 16th, Assuming Peter Jackson agrees to direct, the films could both be greenlit immediately. Filming could begin this winter, which is actually summertime in New mm-hmm. Zealand. <laughs> right. And
0: Oh, the, yes, that's that's a good point.
1: And, and with uh, Weta now having really improved their technology, the special effects actually, you know, 10 years makes a big difference mm-hmm. in the way special effects is done. They could actually deliver by the end of 2012.
0: And do you think, I think, some of the people who are taking exception to the 3D um, technology, because Avatar was um, originally intended to be in 3D, right? Because there, there's a difference between originally and and then just translated into 3D. Is that correct?
1: That is absolutely correct. And I
0: wouldn't, I can't imagine Peter Jackson wouldn't make the film and then just have it just be, oh, we'll just, you know, do the the afterthought 3D thing.
1: (laughs) I I agree. I mean, basically, because, I mean, he is a part owner in Weta, Mm -hmm. and Weta, you know, I'm sure has got some kind of a deal with Cameron, James Cameron. I mean, I'm assuming that that same technology would be used for at least a part of the film. Yes. Right? Yes. So I'm not afraid of 3D. I think 3D could enhance the film, but you're right. There are films where Clash of the Titans... Despicable Me, they really don't need to be post-processed right. into 3D. You don't really gain anything.
0: Well, the one thing that was very interesting to me in originally in seeing The Lord of the Rings was I f- almost felt like it was in 3D. when I that the, the first time I saw, you know, when they were in the minds of Moria, I mean, it was almost as though it was 3D. I mean, you saw such a three-dimensional effect. Of the bridge collapsing and you know, it was, it, it was as close to being 3D as anything I'd ever seen, which was amazing. Right. So it would be very interesting to actually have, be able to experience being in those mines or also at the end of the movie where the eagles take Frodo and Sam from. You know the Mount of doom and I mean that some there are some and where um, Gandalf jumps off the tower and oh, brings with yes. Saruman and the eagle comes in and catches him. I yeah. mean there are some things that would have just been pretty incredible to see, experience in three D.
1: Yes, they they could have been and of course the Hobbit also has parts that could lead itself to three D. Oh yeah, And even IMAX. The uh, well
0: think of the think uh, of Bilbo um, escaping. Uh, th- in the barrels
1: barrels the, out of bond ba- is the actual chapter I had yeah. turned to, unbeknownst <laughs> to the elf princess yes tommy that 's the very chapter I was thinking of as a really great example. Another great example, of course, is in the in the chamber with the horde and smog oh, right that yes. scene in three d would just potentially blow you away.
0: Well, there's also that um, the scene in the beginning, or the you know the not the beginning, but the the first parts of the book where they first encounter the elves and the goblins have them up in the trees and the uh, eagles come and bear them away. Yes, I mean that would be amazing right. to see in in 3D as well. So there's yeah, there are lots of there are lots of things that could really be an incredible experience. Uh, so
1: I think that vote at Comic Con was really a reaction by by. Audience members that had yeah. seen poor post processed 3D and and that's a shame.
0: Yeah. So, moving along, maybe we should have a little music.
1: Ooh, we have other things to talk about. We I have do. movie reviews and I have conference news.
0: Um. Well, okay. Let's have let's have some more, and then let's have a little music, because music. We else, you know, we love the music, and. Well,
1: Before we get to movie reviews, perhaps I should describe to our audience Festival in the Shire.
0: Oh, what is this?
1: It is a J.R.R. Tolkien-inspired event, and it's happening next month. And if you want more information about this Festival in the Shire, about all things Tolkien, I just want to quickly give the information. You can email info at festivalintheshire.co.uk. Mm-hmm. And as you know, the U.K., the top-level domain there, means that this is happening in England. Mm-hmm. So basically, this, uh, this festival um, is planned to be a large event with a wide variety of stalls and entertainment suitable for the entire family with Tolkien and fantasy-inspired reenactments, music, and other performance art alongside Celtic music and a myriad of fantasy-related events. It'll also offer the attendees the opportunity to sample local Welsh food as it's happening in Wales. Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: We have, uh, uh, there's a large indoor venue, so you can stay dry, whatever the weather. As you know, (laughs) it sometimes rains in the Shire in the summer. And, Uh, There is an online journal for Festival in the Shire that you can click on and take a look at, festivalintheshire.com slash journal. The Festival in the Shire will take place 15 miles from Abertswive at Pavilion Bond's centrally located multi-purpose venue. It's aimed towards both academic fans Mm. and J.R.R. Tolkien scholars. Mm. The conference, the actual conference. So the, the Festival in the Shire is an entire festival, but part of it mm-hmm. is actually a scholarly and academic conference. The theme is Welsh influences.
0: Oh, see, Welsh I, I influences love
1: the in the works of J.R.R. R. Tolkien.
0: Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about the um, the conferences and the moots uh, that somebody said Tolkien Society, different smills um, put on that there's usually always a scholar track, which is just uh, always amazing to go and hear some papers and lectures presented from people who have been studying J.R.R. Tolkien Such as John
1: John Garth, Mm. Corey Olson, Thomas Shippey, the very Ah, famous Tolkien expert, Alex Lewis, uh Verlyn Flieger oh. and Kalyan Durier. Oh my
0: gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm, Don't you
1: oh. wish that you could fly off to yes, Wales I at the drop I could. of a hat?
0: Someone send an eagle. <laughs> I just
1: noticed this. We need we need Gandalf to send us an eagle.
0: Yes,
1: there'll be a fan exposition which will show collectors. And items. when is this again? And this is in two thousand and ten. It's next month in August. Oh,
0: it's in August. And what, what, it
1: what? is. um if I can make it out, it looks like it's August 13th to 15th.
0: Well, something might still happen. I, I, could, I could maybe still go to England.
1: Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Again, the, the detailed information, there's just tons more on mm-hmm. the website. I didn't have time to print out all the many pages from the website. Right. But festivalintheshire.com is the place to go to find out about the event, uh... Find out the Tolkien things that are happening, mm-hmm. the conference about the Welsh influence. Of course, the Welsh are great miners. Right. And we certainly see a lot of mining references with the dwarves and the mines of Moria and other deep delvings that occur in both The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, and I think, I suspect, also The Silmarillion.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely, in The Silmarillion. So, well, it's uh, almost time for our second for the second half of our show. So Already? I think we should i think we should let people know that, in case they're just tuning in, this is KUCI in Irvine. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and you are my darling Hobbit co-host.
1: Milo Lomestown at your service.
0: <laughs> at my service. At all of our service. So let's have a little music. Today I brought some music along. We're going to be talking about some current movies that are out that, you know, have some connection to Middle Earth themes, wizards and dreaming and magic and being able to look into people's minds. So we'll have some, hear a little bit from what the the professor has to say about that when we come back. But I thought um, a nice song that I, I'm always looking for songs that remind me of, you know, this could be an elf minstrels song. And one of them is a beautiful song from Gary Stadler and Stephanie. Called Garden of Dreams. Oh, goody! Yes, and this is from a CD called Fairy Heart Magic. Of course, we elves know all about the fairies, the guardians of of the earth and nature. So, let's have a little bit of Fairy Heart Magic music with Garden of Dreams. This is KUCI in Irvine. Mm. Voice was. Oh! <laughs> it... Moving the CD cases around here. Stephanie with Gary Stadler and the voice of Stephanie, and that was Garden of Dreams from the CD Fairy Heart Magic, which is a really charming, charming collection of songs, some people kind of go, you know, I think it's kind of a corny title, but really beautiful music, as is its companion uh, CD, which is Fairy Night Songs. And so those are some beautiful, beautiful elvish type of music. Very you beautiful think? music. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> and for those who are just tuning in, this is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM. This is What Would Arwen Do on Every Other Tuesday, 4 to 5 p.m., with myself, The Elf, and Milo, my Hobbit (laughs) co-host.
1: And glad to be here with you.
0: Glad to be here. And so today we're just kind of having uh, some little movie reviews and talking about some themes of Middle Earth. And I love when movies come out that even though, because I've seen the movies lots of times, although I enjoy seeing them each time I see them, um, I always like seeing other movies that inspire um themes from the movies like I loved Avatar it was if if a Pandora to me was just about as close as you could get conceptually in the theater to Elven Home. it's um, just and amazing the, with the trees and and them running and the floating mountains and writing, the you know their connection with the animals and, and the so.
1: reverence for the trees and yes. the importance of trees
0: yes so,
1: but today we will talk some about dreams
0: today. We are going to be talking about dreams and a, with a very popular movie that's out right now. I think it's about top of the charts. Yes. I have not had the opportunity to see it yet and it is about dreams. Could you get it? What's the name of the film?
1: The name of the film is inception
0: and the premise basically of the film.
1: The premise is there is a team of people who have the ability to go into a person's mind while they're dreaming and find out what their innermost secrets are mm. and maybe even plant ideas there.
0: Uh-huh. Well, it's very interesting because we see this theme in The Lord of the Rings and the uh, prequel to The Lord of the Rings, the um, the Silmarillion, I guess, <clears throat> and just the concept of... Uh, I guess I, I don't want to call it really mind reading, but it is that the, it, Tolkien doesn't use that type of terminology, but he does use terminology having to say with being able to look into the minds of others. In fact, uh, we have three passages that we're going to share. I was wondering if you might want to share the passage uh, from the fellowship where the company first encounters Galadriel and kilborn in Lothlorien. And it starts uh, right about there, right. where the, the Fellowship is, is first encountering her. And, of course, we see in the movie where they're first entering Lothlorien and Frodo's walking along. And we hear Galadriel's voice in a sense of him hearing her say, You bring great evil here, ring bearer.
1: Right. That night... The company slept upon the ground, much to the satisfaction of the hobbits. The elves spread for them a pavilion among the trees near the fountain, and in it they laid soft couches. Then, speaking words of peace with fair elvish voices, they left them. For a little while the travelers talked of their night before in the treetops, and of their day's journey, and of the lord and the lady, for they had not yet the heart to look further back. "'What did you blush for, Sam?' said Pippin. "'You soon broke down.' Anyone would have thought you had a guilty conscience. I hope it was nothing worse than a wicked plot to steal one of my blankets. I never thought no such thing, answered Sam, in no mood for jest. If you want to know, I felt as if I hadn't got nothing on, and I didn't like it. She seemed to be looking inside me and asking me what I would do if she gave me the chance of flying back home to the shire, to a nice little hole with with a bit of garden of my own." And what are they talking about, dear elf princess? They're talking about the previous paragraphs, which Mm -hmm. I will now read. This is when Galadriel meets the company. The quest stands upon the edge of a knife. Stray but a little and it will fail to the ruin of all. Yet hope remains while all the company is true. And with that word, the lady Galadriel held them with her eyes and in silence looked searchingly at each of them in turn. None save Legolas and Aragorn could long endure her glance. Sam quickly blushed and hung his head. At length the Lady Galadriel released them from her eyes, and she smiled. "'Do not let your hearts be troubled,' she said. "'Tonight you shall sleep in peace.' Then they sighed and felt suddenly weary, as those who have been questioned long and deeply— Though no words had been spoken openly. And we see in that sort of a waking dream that Galadriel was able to inflict or Mm -hmm. bestow upon them to allow them to see, actually, she needed to find them out. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, they themselves needed to have faith in themselves. Mm -hmm. And don't you have a similar reading from, or a related reading, a, a tangential reading from the Silmarillion?
0: Indeed, and just a little bit of a background: In uh, Galadriel was a Noldorin elf, meaning that she came from Elvenhome back to Middle Earth, and so and the Noldorin uh, were very well known for having the gift of being able to read to see into people's minds. And although I can't remember exactly where it is it's with regards to um, an unguarded mind. So they, they couldn't just read everybody's thoughts. But they, first of all, were very wise. So they probably knew also how to read things like body language. I, I love these shows that are on TV right now, like The Mentalist. And there's uh, some other that, you know, are really quite, um, quite fascinating. And, but the elves could look into the minds of others, and in, in, in particular certain races. And Galadriel was of the Noldren race. And we have a story of Maeglin, which is in the Silmarillion. There was a Noldren princess, elf princess, um, who lived in Gondolin with um, her... I don't... Well, we can go into a lot of the, a lot of the history. Right, this is right. Erthel Ardfiniel, the White Lady of the Noldor. She was the daughter of Fingolfin, and she dwelt in Nevrast with Turgon, her brother. And she went with him to the Hidden Kingdom, which Gondolin was the Hidden Kingdom. Well, at, after a while, even an elf can, you know, say, well, I really want to be wandering out under the trees and writing. So she asked her brother to be able to take leave of Gondolin, and he granted that to her. In her travels, she got lost. She got separated from her companions, could not find them, and she wanders into Nan Elmoth. Well, Dan- Nan Elmoth is um, a forest, and uh, it, it says here, the tallest and darkest in all of Beleriand, and there the sun never came, and there Eol dwelt, who was named the Dark Elf. It says, of old he was of the kin of Thingol, but he was restless and ill at ease in Dariath. And when the girdle of Melian was set about the forest of Redian, where he dwelt, he fled thence to Nan Elmeth. So he lived, he says, he, loved, he lived there in deep shadow, loving the night and the twilight under the stars, which is a pretty elvish thing. Erythel <clears throat> wanders into the forest, and he sets an enchantment about her because he sees her, she kind of, you know, this... Um, just kind of is smitten, you might say. It says, of uh, um, Ar- Aritel Arfiniel as she strayed among the s- tall trees near the borders of Nan Elmeth, a gleam of white in the dim land. Very fair, she seemed to him, and he desired her. And he set his enchantments about her so that she could not find the ways out, but drew ever nearer to his dwelling in the depths of the wood. There was his smithy and his dim halls, and such servants as he had, silent and secret as their master. And when Eretzel, weary with wandering, came at last to his doors, he revealed himself, and he welcomed her and led her into his house. And there she remained, for Eole took her to wife, and it was long ere any of her kin heard of her again. It is not said that Eretzel was wholly unwilling, nor that her life in Nan Elmeth was hateful to her for many years. For though at Eol's command she must shun the sunlight, they wandered far together under the stars, or by the light of the sickle moon, or she might fare alone as she would, save that Eol forbade her to seek the sons of Fëanor, or any others of the Noldor. And Erethel bore to Eol a son in the shadows of Nan-Elmeth, and in her heart she gave him a name in the forbidden tongue of the Noldor, Lomian, that signifies child of the twilight. But his father gave him no name until he was 12 years old. Then he called him Maglin, which is Sharp Glance, for he perceived that the eyes of his son were more piercing than his own, and his thought could read the secrets of hearts beyond the mist of words. Wow. So very interesting um, being able to look into the minds. And so this movie, Inception, give us a little background of, of what the... The premises, because it, it has to do with de- dreams, but aren't there things that are just being planted or taken out of the dreams? Or
1: Yes. So <laughs> basically, there are people that would like to get into other people's minds to find out their innermost secrets, secrets of new products, secrets of wealth, other secrets they have. And so Leonardo DiCaprio, in, ex- in Inception, leads a team of... Experts in dreaming, including Ellen Page as the architect who constructs whole cities with her mind for the subject dreamer to explore, sort of like mazes. Mm. And while the subject from from whose mind they want to extract the secret is dreaming with them, connected to a machine which is never explained, might as well be a magical spell, Mm -hmm. they lead the subject through this maze and basically force him or her to unlock a, an imaginary safe within which is the the deep secret. Oh. And then they sell that information to someone. So that's the, that's the motivation is the selling of information. But this is directed by Christopher Nolan, the guy who directed Memento. Memento mm. was a great, great film. I don't
0: know if I've saw, seen
1: that. Memento is about 10 years ago starred Guy Pierce, as someone who suffered a tragic loss, and the movie is basically told in reverse, Hmm. and the editing is brilliant. Inception borrows some from Christopher Nolan's recent films. He was the one commissioned to do Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, Mm -hmm. which he did so, so very, very well. He uses that ability with large, complex production action sequences in service of his original script, which is talking about the nature of dreaming, the mm. nature of love, the nature of letting go. Mm. That is the real subject of the film. Mm. But it's very exciting. Uh, just a few quick credits. Wally Pfister, again, the director of photography. It makes It's a gorgeous movie. Two-dimensional. You can see it in IMAX, which might do something additional. I saw it uh, flat, but it was plenty good flat. Uh, Wally Pfister, a great photographer. Hans Zimmer, the great composer of things like Lion King, The Last Samurai, Angels and Demons, Kung Fu Panda. Uh, Hans Zimmer does just a great score, a very different score for this movie about dreams Mm -hmm. and dreams within dreams Mm -hmm. and people interacting in dreams and what that leads to. Um, Lee Smith, the editor, great. Does really fabulous work like he did on The Prestige, one of Nolan's other films. Very good. The cast is just stellar. Ellen Page, who got nominated for Juno. Um, Marion Cotillard, who won the Academy Award for playing Edith Piaf. Michael Caine has a bit part. Pete Postlewaite, the great British actor, has a bit part. Uh, All led by basically Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. But this movie is more mm-hmm. about the thought of what it means to be dreaming and the power of dreams. Mm-hmm. What are the power the power of dreams to either ensnare us or set us free?
0: Well, you know, there's a very interesting um, theory, I guess you would say, about that um, fra- that comes from the Toltec uh, wisdom tradition that we see in the work of... <clears throat> I think most primarily um, recently in the work of Don Miguel Ruiz, in the Four Agreements, uh, the uh, oh, the Mastery of Love. Anyway, it talks about the dream of the planet and how you know we all kind of are part of this uh, dream of the planet, and that that just plays itself out. And it's it's very interesting because and and I think I will definitely have to see this uh film because it has a lot to do with what you picture in your mind. I mean, anything that has ever been created uh has first been a thought in someone's mind. Yes. And either either you know, conceptually, or and then it becomes a an object. I mean, whether you create a bottle opener or uh, an iPad, <laughs> or a
1: symphony, yes. or a painting, right? Or a novel like Lord of the Rings.
0: Yes, and it. Um, so it's very interesting that everything starts out in a sense kind of a kind of like a dream.
1: And sometimes they are daydreams, and sometimes they are sleeping dreams. But mm-hmm. they are really they are really dreams. And this film Inception. At the top level, it's about the nature of dreaming. And mm-hmm. it's an exciting adventure about, you know, the in, it's almost sort of a science fiction fantasy adventure about the invasion by one group of people into another person's dreams.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But at another level, it's about things more meaningful, such as how do you escape from a nightmare?
0: Well, it's interesting, too, uh, because I will have to see it. Remember, there was a movie. Oh, my gosh. It was so many years ago. It was made. It was in black and white. And it was about, um, it was. I don't even know if it was an Alfred Hitchcock film or something, but it was. They had this 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 guy, and it was in this camp, and they were convincing they were convincing him that the war was over. Yes. And they were doing this in order to get secrets from him uh, about the you know where the troops were. Currently, and if they could actually convince him that everything was over and done with, then he would get... And it was amazing, you know, just everything that they had brought together in order to convince this person that it was... You know, so in a sense, he was kind of like living in this dream world, but it was all, you know, it was all very real. But with props and newspapers dated and, and, and a cast of lots of people in this hospital, I guess it was like a hospital or something, that... Um, So it's interesting because in this case they're stealing them from their dreams, but there are other situations where um, you create a scenario where someone, you know, divulges something because they think the situation is other than it is.
1: (laughs) Right. So the most famous example in film history of that probably is Manchurian Candidate, where Lawrence Harvey is brainwashed by the Koreans, and Angela Lansbury is his mom, a very, very... Great film, Manchurian Candidate. So that's my capsule review. I think Inception is a very, very great film. Mm -hmm. It brings dreams to life. You actually Mm. believe that you're looking into someone's dreams. And so that's a strong recommendation for anyone that's interested in thought-provoking films that are beautifully made, has some exciting action sequences but very beautifully made and very, very well acted. Mm. Inception is a great, great film. Great music by Hans Zimmer, great ph- photography by Wally Pfister. It's, it's definitely a, a good film to see.
0: And again, we have a film. I love films that give us um, an idea of, of the possibility of things. You know, that things, we always look at things, oh, this is the way things are, but there's the possibility that things are not always exactly the way they appear on the surface.
1: And for people that like to study more, I mean, there are many ways to study. One way now is online, that magical computer thingy, Mm -hmm. right? And Tim Berners-Lee didn't know what he was starting 15 years ago at CERN when he invented the World Wide Web. Now, Sir Tim Berners-Lee, by the way. (laughs) But it's important to point out, uh, we were talking about Wales earlier, Mm -hmm. but guess what? The University of Cardiff in Wales is offering their very first entirely online courses. Mm. And there's two of them. They start October 2010. Mm -hmm. One is Fantasy Literature from Victorian Fairy Tales to Modern Imaginary Worlds, which sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. But the second course, there's two courses they're doing for the first time entirely online, Mm -hmm. J.R.R. Tolkien, Myth and Middle-Earth in Context. Mm. Oh, my gosh.
0: I wonder who's teaching that. Does it say?
1: And, And it did not say... Right. These are from the School of Education at the University of Cardiff. The thing I guess I should say is in order to get more information on uh, the uh, University of Wales Institute is apparently teaching these courses, uh, there are many things. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, all the sort of fancy new things. Mm-hmm. But probably the key uh, URL, I guess they call it, the key thing to look at is UWIC dot ac dot uk
0: mm-hmm.
1: so again something <clears throat> from britain it's really so good. wonderful
0: and the, what's wonderful about that is that you can study something like this who knows who you might have as study partners you know that are also studying through the world wide web so i'm gonna definitely have to check that out that sounds like it'd be a lot of fun
1: yes it, it does so
0: and we have another movie review do we not because we're uh we're just um Hopping right along here.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Time flies when you're having fun. Well, I did want to mention one other film, Mm -hmm. which is perhaps not as good as Inception, film qua film in the artistic sense, Mm. but a lot of fun. And I'm showing the elf here a full-page ad from the spellbinding summer blockbuster, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, with Nicolas Cage and Jay Baruchel as his young apprentice. And... I I this caught my eye as something I wanted to see. And then one of my nieces said, Uncle, Uncle Milo, can you take me to see this? <laughs> and I said, absolutely. I want to see it myself. And it's from the guy that produced Pirates of the Caribbean oh. and the guy, John Turtletaub, who directed the National Treasure movies, mm-hmm. also starring Nicolas Cage. Just good, clean, adventurous fun. Of course, Pirates of the Caribbean is important to us. Because it's, it's uh, starring people like Orlando Bloom, yes. who was Legolas <laughs> in the Lord of the Ring movies. And by yes. the way, he recently got married to Miranda Carr, an Australian model. Oh. She's a Victoria's Secret model, but she's more than that, mm-hmm. of course. And Orlando Bloom just recently got married a, oh, about a week and a half ago. So congratulations to oh, Legolas. No and he also got an honorary degree from the University of Kent in Great Britain. Oh. In any case, so we have this movie called The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's that famous music by Paul Ducat, the French uh, 20th century composer. That music was used in Walt Disney's Fantasia.
0: Which I loved as a child. Although I I loved The Sorcerer's Apprentice, but I do have to say, as an elf, my my favorite was the pastoral scene, oh, of course, with the, the unicorns and everything. That was but, uh, beautiful, but too. I, the Sorcerer's Apprentice is, I mean is it's just such a classic that with Mickey Mouse as the sorcerer's apprentice.
1: <sighs> so, so this film, this film The Sorcerer's Apprentice is it's very very good summer entertainment. I'm not going to say it's a masterpiece or mm-hmm. brilliant film like Inception, but at least it has quality elements, right? It has Beaujon Bazelli, who also photographed King of New York, which mm-hmm. is a great film from 20 years ago starring Christopher Walken. It has uh, William uh, Goldenberg as the editor who cut Seabiscuit and The Insider, a great film with Al Pacino and Russell Mm Crowe. So, I mean, basically with Nicolas Cage, Alfred Molina plays the bad guy. Monica Bellucci is lovely as the love interest, and Alice Mm Krieger is fabulous as Morgana. uh, Morgana. Because this is based on Arthurian legend, fundamentally, Oh. The action sequences and the special effects are very, very wonderful. The good thing about this film is twofold. First of all, Nicolas Cage infuses reality into his role as a seven 700-year-old year wizard. Mm. And then he's trying to teach a young man who is going to be the next wizard mm-hmm. how to be a wizard. Cool. And it set up a reverberation in my mind with the story of Sarah Mann, and Gandalf. Yes. Because Gandalf in a way was an apprentice in a sense to Saruman. He was certainly he was certainly under Saruman's influence.
0: Yes. Well, and there was Saruman the White when Gandalf was still Gandalf the Grey. Right. And Gandalf deferred to Saruman. So there was certainly an order of wizardry there.
1: Certainly a hierarchy. And Saruman was at the top of that hierarchy yes. until he was seduced.
0: By the dark side.
1: By Sauron. Yes. And he had one of the seeing gems that he spent too much time staring into.
0: Yes, the Palantir.
1: The Palantir. Ah. And so, again, Sorcerer's Apprentice, it's it's a fun film yeah. and, you know, good for a uh, summer popcorn kind of movie. Um <laughs> uh, it's, get out just, of the heat. it's just straight fun. It's good to get out of the heat. Mm-hmm. And Nicolas Cage is is and Alfred Molina as the, his nemesis. They're quite good actors that really infuse what could be cardboard characters with three dimensionality. Mm-hmm. But it's something about wizards. Yes. And since we don't have another movie this summer to talk about wizards, <laughs> so right, you know, we have well, to talk about I, this one.
0: Yes, and I love these things because it just helps us to expand our imagination. You know, expand our our, our experience of life, you know, that things, that, so we aren't just always caught up with uh, just the way things are and the way things appear and, and all of that. We can actually have a sense of expanding the possibilities of what might be so.
1: Exactly right. And imagination. Sometimes people say, well, I'm not very imaginative. Well there are techniques for expanding your imagination. Mm-hmm. Go see a fantasy movie like Inception or The Sorcerer's Apprentice even. Right. See something that's totally Sparks out of the ordinary. Your imagination. Yes. Something that can spark your imagination. Or well, get involved in groups of people that are imaginative mm-hmm. and as As you get involved with them, you may find out that you also have imagination, as everyone does, as you pointed out,
0: Tommy. Yes. Well, and the thing is, I think for me, what's worked in the past, and it might work for someone, is if I don't believe something, and I just like, well, I don't, that's just too bizarre, I don't believe that, is to just practice suspending disbelief for a while. It's like you don't have to say, okay, I'm going to believe this and own it. Just suspend your disbelief so that you're not locked into you know a negation of something before you've even actually experienced it with an openness and sometimes just having that suspended disbelief can allow you to let some something a new thing come into your experience which is always i think a good thing for us
1: and the way to stay huh? young is to let new things in why That's are right. why are you exclaiming looking at the clock <laughs> <laughs> because, oh, my God, my
0: Hobbit friend, it is that time. Time has
1: flown. It
0: is time for the Blueberry McGuffins, uh, which I'm very excited that we now have What a Abbas, great literary show. show. Absolutely. But before we
1: listen to the Blueberry MacGuffin show, you have to tell our audience what your email address is.
0: Oh, ask an elf, AskAnElf, A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F, AskAnElf at Yahoo.com. We would love to hear from you.
1: If you have any questions about <laughs> the web addresses we mentioned today or anything else, Send an email to
0: askanelf at com, And you can find us at KUCI.org and podcast at KUCITalk.org. And you can find us on iTunes if you Google, What Would Arwen, A-R-W-E-N, Do? And... That's going to be it. We we need to say Namaria to all of our elf friends and thank you to everyone for listening in. If there is anyone listening in,
1: <laughs> oh, there there are. We 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 know we know, know that there are people that download the podcast and listen to it.
0: I know, and there's some people in the stream recorder. So who knows? They might be listening in from um, from England. There's oh my gosh, there's more people out there than I thought. Okay, well until that, until two weeks well I will be back next week with phenomenal women but uh, we'll be back in two weeks and perhaps have an interview or some interesting new news or something fun to do
1: and and something <laughs> to expand your mind
0: <laughs> absolutely so to all of our friends until next week let's say a salalomin amentielvo a star shines on the hour of our meeting
1: and it's been a great year This past year has been great. Thank you, Tani.
0: You're welcome. Happy anniversary. (laughs) Okay. And let's go out with a little bit of Hobbit music uh, from the original movie. This is Concerning Hobbits from Academy Award winning music from Howard Shore, The Fellowship of the Ring, KUCI in Irvine. Mm